You are listening to NTC Messina's podcast, where our desire as a family of God is to simply know God, love one another, and make disciples. Well, last week, Greg um, talked about Pentecost and the Holy Spirit filling up believers and shared an incredible message, really. Probably, I have to say, that was the best message I've ever heard on, on speaking in tongues. Just an incredible encouragement um, from our pastor. Just so appreciate how he leads us and, and just makes it easy to understand and really just kind of makes breaks it down uh, to where we can really, really dive in. And, and this morning, I kind of want to um, continue some of the thoughts that he, that he shared last week. He, he made a statement. He said, throughout history, humanity has placed something between us and God. And he said, because we're afraid of him. And, and we see this throughout the pages of the scriptures that God desires to be amongst his people, but humanity tends to, to make decisions or, or to put things in between. You know, whether it was the Israelites as they were invited up to the mountain with Moses and they said, no, we're afraid. You go, Moses. We, we don't want to go up. So Moses went up. Or, or later they relied upon judges and, and asked for a king because they didn't want to relate. They didn't want God to rule directly. Uh, we see that, that even Greg suggested that sometimes we can even ourselves place the Bible between us and God, that we can rely solely on this and, and let this alone speak to us, which it should define us, it should guide us, it should, be, uh, it should direct us. But God wants to be in our lives personally, not just in a book. And this book helps us understand, it gives guide rails. I know even like on, on bowling, how you can raise up the guide rails so that the ball goes, goes all the way down. I, I might need those once in a while. But the Bible is that guardrails for us to know if, if what we're doing lines up with what God has already said. And, and we, we get to know God through the scriptures. But God wants to be known personally by us. And, and we want to encourage each other in that. And that's what I want to talk about this morning is God's presence um, being tangible in our lives how we desire to, to function aware of God's presence really every day, not just in times when we come into a space and, and the worship is good and, and we're praying together and when we can easily be aware of God's presence in this space, but can be aware of God's presence in all spaces, in every space that we go into. I want to start all the way back to the beginning in Genesis 1-1, beyond the screen. In the beginning, God created the heavens in the earth. And we've talked about this many times. We did a whole series about this earlier this year, talking about heaven and earth and how in the beginning, heaven and earth, they overlapped. And it was, it was one space where God's space and our space were together. But then because of our poor decisions, because of sin, because we look to something else, God's space and man's space is separated. And we have to, we end up seeing these other spaces that God um, chooses to dwell in. But even, even in the very beginning, Genesis 3.8, we see throughout, throughout Genesis, it says, When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. But in that passage, I see God walking in the garden. I wonder, man, what did that feel like? For God's presence to just be walking in the garden, just be so tangible. You know, and even, even in the story of, of Cain and Abel, and we see Cain talking to God, and we see God interacting and, and coming to Abraham and, and then sharing a meal, or I'm sorry, with um, Cain, Noah, that's what I meant to say, God talking to Noah, but then later with Abraham, God sharing a meal 
with Abraham, and we see this interaction between, between God and humanity all through the book of Genesis. But there's a shift, a subtle shift that takes place as you read through Genesis and you come to Exodus to where God's presence isn't felt by his people across the, across the board. And I, I think that has more to do with his people than it has to do with God. But his people are not aware of his presence. They're not seeking his presence. They're not looking for his presence. They're, they're looking for other things. And eventually, God talks to Moses, and he, he brings the Israelites out of Egypt, and he brings them to the mountain, and he, and he shares with them. And we come to these instructions where God gives instructions to Moses to build a, a tabernacle, to set up a space in the middle of the camp as the Israelites are, are there and, and they're traveling throughout the land, that God sets up a space in, in the middle of them and sets up a tent with a tabernacle. In Exodus chapter 40, it says that he, speaking of Moses, he hung the curtains forming the courtyard around the tabernacle and the altar, and he set up the curtain at the entrance of the courtyard. So at last Moses finished the work. Then the cloud covered the tabernacle and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could no longer enter the tabernacle because the cloud had settled down over it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And it was a glorious sight, and, and we, we read about that, how, how the Israelites followed the presence of God in, in all their journeys, and, and we see this space, this tabernacle, and when you go back and you read the details, and there's so many details in Exodus and and, and Leviticus and Numbers for the, for the tabernacle, and it's meant to be the space where God's presence dwells amongst his people. But there's also the, the challenging aspect to where there's only so many that can go into that because of, of the fear and because of, because of the sin that, is, that has plagued humanity and because we have, we've done things that separate us from God, we can't go into God's presence directly. But God's presence wants to dwell in the midst of his people. And so they have this tabernacle, this tent, that travels around for, for so long until eventually we come to Solomon in, in First Kings, and Solomon sets up a temple. And there again, the temple is established and God's presence dwells amongst his people. Assyrians end up tearing down the temple because, because of judgment on the Israelites, and we come to the second temple being built by Ezra and Nehemiah. But we never again read of God's presence filling that second temple. But there's this desire that God has to dwell amongst his people that we see throughout all the Old Testament. And then we come to Jesus. We come to Jesus, and we come to John chapter 1. In John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. We're speaking of the Word. He existed in the beginning with God, and God created everything through him. And nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light, the one who is the true light who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God, 
They're not reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. That's what we're celebrating this week with Christmas. The word through which all of creation was formed became a human and made his home among us, made his dwelling among us. John 1.14, this, this verse, in the English Standard Version, it's, it's translated, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And I love the message version. Eugene Peterson writes, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. <laughs> I like that phrase. You know, and we have this, uh, these, these images, these, these things that we set up, these little nativity scenes where we, we put baby Jesus and Mary and, and Joseph and shepherds and, and wise men and, and different things, and we, we set them up, and they're beautiful reminders of this image that the God of the universe, the one who created everything, the one through whom everything was created, in, in, in this crazy idea way that nobody saw coming, well, maybe they did, but nobody saw, nobody fully understood how exactly this would happen. And then Jesus came as a baby and was born among us. But this, this phrase that John uses here, I'll read it again in John 1.14. So the word became human and made his home among us. Made his home that dwelt among us is the word, the same word that's used for tabernacle, for a tent. It's literally that Jesus, John is saying that Jesus came and he set up his tent. <laughs> he made his dwelling. He made his home. And what, what Jesus is saying, what John is saying here is that the very temple, you can go to the next one, the temple came in the person of Jesus. So for, for hundreds and thousands of years, God had made, God had, had put his presence in, in this space, in this tabernacle, in this temple, in this, in this spot and he dwelt amongst his people, now he's doing that in the person of Jesus. That it's no longer a place in a, in, a tab, in a temple, but it's a person who's walking among us. He's going from village to village and from town to town and, and healing and, and doing incredible things and declaring the kingdom and, and speaking about the kingdom and bringing life and, and healing people and encouraging people. I just started watching The Chosen. Did anybody watch that show? I put it off for a while. I'm only on episode two, so I can only speak to the first to the first two episodes. But there's so, there's something about the way they're capturing the presence of Jesus. How how Jesus? Are they doing such a good job so far in episode two? I can't speak to the rest of it, but they're doing such a good job of just capturing what what I, I can't even imagine, can't even set, describe in my brain, I can't even comprehend what it would look like for the God of the universe to walk amongst us. I mean, I, I know it, I believe it, I trust it, but my brain just fails to fully realize it. I, I think more like this, that's how I think. <laughs> because God's presence is, is there walking among us, bringing heaven to earth, instructing us to pray May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he's going around and he's just making things better. And Jesus, you know, it even, it even gets better 
Because when Jesus goes to the cross, when Jesus shows us what love looks like, when he takes on all of our sin and he gives us his righteousness in going to the cross, in that moment, it says in Mark chapter 15, it says, Then Jesus uttered another loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And, and what this means is the curtain that, that separated everybody from the presence of God, where the presence of God dwelt, and only the high priest at certain times of the year would go in and, and, and be in God's presence, that that curtain, when Jesus breathed his last, was torn in two because nothing can hold back the presence of God. And there's not, to, there's not supposed to be any barrier between humanity and God. That because of our unholiness, because of our sin, because of our mistakes, those things that can separate us, that break down relationship, Jesus overcame all of that on the cross and said, I paid the price, take on my righteousness, I'll take on your guilt, your shame, so that you can walk freely into my presence. That's, that's what we live in. And, you know, we can... We can almost just take it for granted until we, we get a, this picture of, of, of history as we go through the scriptures, as we go through the Old Testament and the New Testament and not, re, and not realize what we have in the presence of Jesus in our midst. But then Jesus says, previous, previous to the cross, he's, he's teaching and he says to disciples, it's better for you that I go so that the other will come, the comforter will come. Speaking of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will come and he will remind you and, and he will guide you and he will lead you and he will teach you and he will convict and he will do all the things that he, that he does. And so God's presence isn't exclusively captured in a room, in a tent, in a tabernacle, in a temple. It's meant to be shared and understood and received in all of us. And that's why we come to, to Acts chapter 1 and the Pentecost and what Greg unpacked last week, that the Holy Spirit comes to, to dwell and to fill up all who will receive him. You know, and, and as Greg, Greg shared, it, we, we believe that when you give your life to Jesus, when you choose to follow Jesus, when you open yourself up to Jesus, that he comes in the person of the Holy Spirit and is with you. But there's also more where we can expect more of what Jesus has, more of what the Holy Spirit has for us and be filled up and be empowered and, and, and receive gifts and all of those things and function in that. Later in Paul's instructions, he picks up this language of temples again in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it says, Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and the Spirit of God lives in you? So Paul picks up this language of temple and tabernacle that's, that's all throughout the scriptures, and he says, don't you realize that you are that temple? That as in the Old Testament, God came and he, and he put his presence into that tent, into that space, into the temple. His desire is to dwell in you as that temple. And Paul expands this in, in Ephesians chapter 2. He says, together, we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and the cornerstone of Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. 
Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. And so this idea that, that God comes to dwell amongst his people, both individually and together. God, God dwells amongst us. Together we are God's temple. Together we are in his presence. It's where his presence resides. That was throwing me off. It says 842. I'm like, it's not 842. <laughs> uh, on Christmas, we celebrate that Jesus came. We celebrate that he came and he, and he embodied his presence. He tabernacled. He put up his tent and he dwelled amongst us and he walked amongst us and, and he preached and he, and he healed and he brought life and he brought wholeness and he showed us what the kingdom is like. But then he left and he came again in the person of the Holy Spirit. God came in the Holy Spirit and comes to dwell amongst us. And that's what I want us to just ponder this morning, that the Holy Spirit is here, that God is here, that God is with you, that as we talk about God being with us, we talk about Jesus in this space, we, we can't forget that he's here, that God is here, the Holy Spirit is here, and his presence is supposed to be tangible in all of us all the time, that we are supposed to be defined by God's presence. Are you aware of God's presence all the time? I'm not. Especially when I'm not thinking straight. You know, there, there's moments when I'm not aware of God's presence, when I'm irritated, or when I'm, you, you know, I, I don't know, sometimes I get up here and when you hold the mic, things just come out. When I said irritated, I thought of when I normally get irritated, that's when I take a nap. <laughs> I love taking naps, but when I wake up, I'm extra irritable. <laughs> My wife has, has taught me <laughs> that when I get up from a nap, I, I need to like pause in my head and realize that I'm irritable. I don't know what it is. I should be more refreshed after taking a nap. For some reason, I'm just groggy and my brain's not caught up to my body yet. <laughs> and I'll come down and things just that normally want to irritate me just are ir irritating and I have to like check myself. It's then I realize oh, I'm not aware of God's presence in, in my life in those moments. I need to bring him back. But it isn't, even language doesn't work, right? I don't bring God back. He's already here. He's already there. He's already everywhere. Now I sound like Dr. Seuss. <laughs> that was not planned. But it's this, it's this, this mental gymnastics that, that we do where we try to be aware of God's presence. We try to, to shift our brain and to realize what is really true and, and to bring him in. I, I've been reading a book about, um, I can't remember what the title of it, Dallas Ford wrote a book about God's presence. And, and he, he talked about how we just, how every time you're in a conversation with another person, realizing that there's somebody else in that conversation, <laughs> that God is there, and how when I'm having a conversation or when I'm in a moment with somebody, if I can picture God there with me, it changes how I react to what's even coming out of the other person's mouth sometimes. It helps me understand, helps me to see the bigger picture. <laughs> we joked, I got, I got served papers yesterday, 
I'm now I'm now on this lawsuit that we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks and and uh, thank you, but it really doesn't bother me. Actually, I kind of felt left out for a little while, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I I came in. This wasn't meant to be so funny, but <laughs> I came in with, with the papers and I said, I have to thank my friend. And I said the name of the guy that's at the top of the, the lawsuit. I won't say it here, but and Julie says, your friend. And I'm like, yeah, he still is my friend. You know, when I when I when I'm more mindful of the Holy Spirit in my life, he's always there, even when I'm talking about the person who's suing me. <laughs> That we can bring, we can bring His presence into every moment. You know, when we're at a funeral, as we were two nights or on Friday night, and we're remembering the great friend and just human being that Nancy was, and how she loved so well, and she showed so many of us what love is like. Then we 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 more like aware of God's love even in those spaces, even in those moments, even in those, those toughest of times, being aware of who God is and, and, and what he is and, and what he brings into every moment. Uh, that's the challenge that I want us to accept in everything that we do. If you're brave enough to go to Walmart this week, <laughs> bring God's presence with you because you'll need it. <laughs> and in every every restaurant that you go into, every every opportunity when 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 you when we're talking to people, bringing God's presence into that and showing more of him and less of us sometimes. You know, God Jesus gets upset when his people aren't representing him well. I want to talk for a moment about when Jesus goes to the temple. And, and he says he goes to the court of the Gentiles where there's commerce happening, where there's, they're, selling, they're selling the sacrifices and money lending is happening. And I want to look at this, this portion because what, what it describes is the space in the temple, this court of the Gentiles it's called, that even in the temple, even in, even in the instructions that God gave to the Israelites to set up the space for God's presence, to dwell amongst his people, there was a space that was set aside in the temple called the court of the Gentiles. It was for anybody to come in, not just for the Israelites, not just for the high priests, not just for those who have, have done all the right sacrifices, but the court of the Gentiles is for, for people to come and be in God's presence, maybe not all the way in, but in the court of the Gentiles. And so when Jesus comes and he sees that they've filled up this space with something else, and he says in in Mark eleven seventeen, the scriptures declare, my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations. Jesus is, is judging them and he's saying, I have a space for people to come and be close to me and you filled it up with something else. That we aren't making room for, for others. That Israel wasn't making room, the Israelites in that moment, in that space. The Israelites weren't making room for the other. They were making room for the Gentiles. They were making room for all of us. And that makes God angry. That made Jesus angry. That his people weren't making room for other people to come into God's presence. God wants us to make room for everybody to come. God is drawing the North Country. 
He's drawing all people to himself. He's drawing every person. And, and I think I almost have to remind myself that God is doing the work, and it's not up to me to do all the work. <laughs> so I had, I had a conversation with a, a longtime friend of mine recently who wouldn't describe himself as a Christ follower. He would describe himself as the opposite. And in, in the moment of, of having a conversation with him, I just had this trust in me that where I don't have to convince him. It's not up to me to convince him. And the reason why I can trust it is because the Bible says that God is drawing all people, that God desires all people to come, that it is the Holy Spirit who, who is doing the work. And so it's not up to me to, to prove the existence of God to anybody. It's up to me to trust that God is drawing and to come alongside of that. And so the people that are in our lives and the people that are, are picking up our trash and the, and the people that are serving us at, at the restaurant and the people that, are, that are, we're walking by and the teachers and everybody to realize that God is speaking to them and he's drawing them. And we get to come alongside and just be a little bit more of God's presence in those moments. That we, in, in, in some way, and again, words fail, we bring God's presence with us wherever we go. That's my desire, is that in some way, people feel God's presence when I come into the room. And I, I hope that doesn't sound arrogant, but I believe that's for all of us, that you, in some way, carry God's presence with you wherever you go. And be aware of that and be stewards of that and maybe let that check what you're going to say <laughs> maybe maybe let that check your attitude maybe let that pause and realize i'm grumpy right now i need to pause <laughs> i'm not reflecting god's presence perfectly right now or hardly ever but i want to more god desires people to come together and represent him his presence how is his presence and to change the world. And here's the why. Acts 1.8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. And so we practice his presence. I like the story of Jacob, when Jacob falls asleep and has a dream and then wakes up from the dream and he says, surely God was in this place and I didn't even know it. I think that's us all the time. <laughs> to, to say, surely God is in this place and I didn't even know it. But how can I come to know it? How can I be aware of God's presence? How can I bring God's presence into, into every moment, into every season, into every time? I invite you to, to stand with me. as we challenge each other to practice his presence, to live in his presence. I wanna challenge you to trust your ability to hear God on your own. I wanna, I wanna challenge you to trust your awareness of God's presence. This is something that I, that I do for myself all the time. 
just, I know God's presence is with me. I know that I have the Holy Spirit. I know that I've been filled up. I know that I've experienced the, the blessings of God in my life. And I need to, to trust it, to trust my ability to hear. I know Greg shared last week, he stood up here and he said his hope is that the words that he declares over the microphone are not his, but they're God's. And that, that is our hope, that's our desire. Everything that we share is not just something that I've come up with, but it's something that I feel God, God wants to share. And that's intimidating. But that's, that's our desire is that God comes through everything that we say. And I just wanna give us all a space right now just to take a, a moment to just you individually, just to pray and ask God, what do you wanna say to me this week? How do you wanna be present in my life today? What do you want me to, to share this week? How do, you, how do you want me to adjust this week? And just listen. Jesus, we thank you. God, that you opened up a way that the temple, the curtain was torn and your presence was unleashed. And it comes, as we, as we read in the book of Acts, it comes to dwell with each of us. So right now, in this moment, we just want to be mindful of you. Mindful of what you are saying. Mindful of how you are leading. I encourage you, just, just ask him right now, God, what do you want to say to me right now? Jesus, we thank you that we can know you. Holy Spirit, I pray that we all can be open and, and aware of you in new ways this week. May we be mindful of you in, in all of our spaces, not just in this moment when we come together to worship you together, but may we be mindful of you in every moment, in our car, in the store, in our kitchens, in our interactions, in our conversations. May they be touched by you this week. God, it is our heart that the North Country would come to know you in deeper and fuller ways, to bring life into every home, hope into every interaction, love into every space. Help us to be ambassadors of that, carriers of that, messengers of that. As we declare your goodness, we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you on Saturday. Merry Christmas.
Thank you for listening to NTC Messina's podcast. We hope you join us next week and have a blessed day.